let me tell you when you say architecting the culture for the future or for the for this year 2022 the way i'm hearing those words is how do you re-engineer mm -hmm. the work environment such that it shapes the perceptions the values and behaviors of all people that touch the business right so that would include your employees your shareholders your leaders your customers every single person that influence or touch the the business operation so really this is about how do we re-engineer the work environment and that is where i think you know hr can play such a crucial um a crucial part of the the whole of the whole story so as i think about what are some challenges um and then what are some opportunities one way i'm thinking about it is Oftentimes, there is a lack of clarity of what the challenge is itself, right? And so if you don't know what re-engineering you need to do or what solutions you need to find, it's really difficult to go after it. So I think the first and the most important challenge that organizations facing today are they don't have clarity of what is the problem that they are trying to solve. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I was actually going to say the Hacking HR 2022 podcast, but no, it is still it is still called the Hacking HR podcast, and this is the 2022 season. Uh, very excited about all the things that uh, are happening in the in the world of work, all the opportunities that we have ahead of us. We also have to acknowledge that some of the challenges that we have been dealing with over the past couple of years, mainly because COVID, but not just because COVID, will perhaps deepen in 2022. And well, I think we will have to work harder, smarter, better to resolve some of those challenges, but also to seize the opportunities that we had ahead of us in this new journey, in this new year, 2022. So I am excited about what's going to happen to the HR profession, because I think this is the year where we, or when we consolidate our role, not just as a nature leaders, but as business leaders. That really, really excites me. And to do that effectively, of course, Hacking HR, we're gonna be with you in every step of the way, including these conversations that we have in the podcast. And today we're gonna to be talking with someone who has been leading HR across all industries, different company sizes for a long time. And we're going to have a great conversation about creating, shaping, architecting culture that stays strong, given all the challenges that we're dealing with, but also that sort of leverages on the opportunities to become even stronger and create better organizations for the people and for the success of those businesses. So very excited, Ranuka, to welcome you to the uh, to the podcast today. How are you doing? Very well, uh, Enrique. And so thank you so very much for having me. Uh, what an interesting topic to discuss. So thank you Absolutely. for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I am very excited about the conversation. You know, we have gone through so much over the past couple of years, right? We are, uh, for those of you who are listening or watching to this podcast, we are recording it on January the 17th, surprisingly, the first two weeks of the year went by so quickly. Uh, and, and by the time this podcast is released, COVID will be celebrating its second birthday. 
and not to our happiness, but that's the way, you know, things have been happening around the world. And Renuka, I want to ask you for, for 2022, when it comes to corporate culture, given all that we have gone through, what excites you about the opportunities ahead of us and what, uh, what concerns you as well uh, in terms of shaping, architecting culture that works given all the stuff that is happening around us? I think that's a great question. Let me tell you, when you say architecting the culture for the future or for, the, for this year, 2022, the way I'm hearing those words is, how do you re-engineer mm -hmm. the work environment such that it shapes the perceptions, the values and behaviors of all people that touch the business, right? So that would include your employees, your shareholders, your leaders, your customers, every single person that influence or touch the, the business operation. So really this is about how do we re-engineer the work environment? And that is where I think you know, HR can play such a crucial, um, a crucial part of the, the whole, of the whole story. So as I think about what are some challenges um, and then what are some opportunities, one way I'm thinking about it is Oftentimes, there is a lack of clarity of what the challenge is itself, right? And so if you don't know what re-engineering you need to do or what solutions you need to find, it's really difficult to go after it. So I think the first and the most important challenge that organizations facing today are they don't have clarity of what is the problem that they are trying to solve. You know, a lot of leaders that I'm talking to are telling me, hey, there's so much going on outside of my organization and my employees are influenced by what is happening outside my organization. It's got nothing to do with what is happening internally within the organization. So how do we manage this, this new um, found employee passion that's really coming from the outside world and how, do, how does that influence internally, right? take matters around equity, take matters around mental health, take matters around flexibility in workplace, right? These are all newer topics that are being discussed outside organizations more than are being discussed internally. And so leaders are trying to figure out how do we then leverage that passion to, um, uh, to move forward in one direction. And so, so I just say, you know, approach this challenge as, any other uh, that organizations generally experience. You know, it's not, it's not new for organizations that have been in existence for long to, to take a 360 vision of what is going on around them and then bring those ideas internally. Yeah. So for me, I think the first thing to do is to be very clear about what the problem is. And there is no dirt for the generality of problems, right? Generally, I think we're talking about Future of work is, is one problem. The other one, you know, flexibility. Then we're all talking about the great resignation. So that's another problem. How do we engage employees? I talked about mental health already uh, and really new ways of, of doing things and being. So I think that to me is, is the challenge and figuring out and being very clear on the problem. The second one I think is the mindset, right? Um, you know, I, I'm talking to colleagues employees and they're saying, well, we want our management to do more. We want to set higher standards for our management. And I, I'm saying absolutely yes. 
and we actually need to set higher standards for all, right? Yeah. So higher standards for how consumers are consuming the, the products and services that are being delivered um, and, and how shareholders and, and um, partners are looking at organizations, how we think about businesses and how can we make them more sustainable? So I think that the, the standard for how we collectively work together um, is something, it's not just that management needs to be you know, looked at or, or we need different standards for management. I think we need different standards as humanity, yeah. one that is more anchored in an equitable, equitable place on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. I love that uh, sort of ending point in there. You know, it's, uh, I have this, assume, not assumption, but uh, idea that the world is going through a societal revolution right now, which ties back to something that you said at the very beginning, which is the expectations of, of humans that go to work now. And what that requires from us is not just different standards of work, but even the way we talk to each other, the way we, we work with each other. I mean, you look at the world of politics and it's so freaking broken uh, and you wonder, one thing that I wonder all the time is, you know, I have my political position. I know of some of my friends who have a different political position and we are loving friends. And then I see the world of politics so broken and I'm like, they don't reflect what happens with the majority of us down here, right? We want just to get along. So even from that sense, that there are there's gotta be a different standard of the way we organize um, you know, our principles in society. But let me go back to something that was very interesting that you mentioned before. And is this idea of expectations? Uh, you know, very often you 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 still find business leaders who blame their quick turnovers or their you know their low engagement rates or they you know uh, or disengagement or whatnot. They blame it on the person. You know, you want to leave this organization because you're you're not loyal or you're not engaged because you're not good at your at your work. So little have we seen that the light is put in words and for this leader saying, what am I doing wrong that my employees are either leaving or disengaged? And this goes back to the, to the idea of expectation. Can you uh, perhaps share with us more about what you think the, the, the employees of this era, and I'm not talking about generations, this is across generations, but the employees, the humans that go to work of this era expect from work. And this would also be a great ingredient that will allow us to think, how do we shape culture to respond to those expectations? Yeah, I think the great questions. Uh, I'll come to the second one, how do we shape um, a little later? But I think the, the question you're asking really is having me think about, is having me think about um, what is it that employees want or what is it that people want from organization is to be seen, heard and valued, mm. right? That is it. Across, you take any, you take any organization, you take um, any business, and you take any cohort of people, right? Whether they are employees, whether they are shareholders, whether they are customers, right? Every unit wants to be seen, heard, and and valued for their opinion. So I think paying attention to that, that that is really at the heart of it, um, is very very important. And so. You know, a great example is, uh, and, and you and I have talked about this, about how hacking HR has created a very unique way of engaging people in HR, right? Such that we feel seen, we feel heard, and we feel valued for 
our contributions. So if, if all organizations can pay attention to that and pay attention for what does it mean to an employee? If what are the opportunities the employee is getting to be seen? Um, how are they being heard? What are the mechanisms? Do we have, for example, a survey in, um, that we are you know, administering? And then what do we do with the survey after? Are we going back to the staff and telling them, hey, here's what we've heard. Here's how we're going to move forward. Let's try this out. So it's about closing that loop and making pe people feel seen and heard yeah. and, they're, and thereby valued. So I think for me, that is the most, I mean, I think that will be the most important aspect of this human revolution. You know, we went through the industrial mm -hmm. revolution. We went through the information revolution. Now really this, the human revolution. Mm -hmm. And those are the most important aspects of humans um, to be able to contribute to yeah. any collective that they come to together to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let me connect that to the second part of the question, which is how do we take these insights, this input to inform the way we shape culture? And, and, and I actually ask this question, you know, for many reasons. One of them is from a concern, you know, a concerning standpoint, because you see now, you know, last year and in 2020, a lot of the job postings that I was looking at, you know, said either hybrid or remote. Now I'm starting to see a shift back to on-site. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, that, that may seem, you know, very, very, you know, superficial, if you will, as an assessment of the way we are responding to the expectations. But I think that if we didn't learn over the past couple of years that people want flexibility, and that includes where they work from, then we just missed two years of pain and suffering with COVID. So how do we take all these insights of people wanting to be heard, seen value, valued, and making decisions with that to inform the way we shape culture? Yeah, I think that is a great question. And I think, you know, one of the questions that I'm hearing uh, from leaders is, hey, we have this office space. We have made these investments. This is our, you know, this is our space. If we don't call our employees back, then that's not going to be utilized, right? So, um, it, sometimes these decisions get made because of what is in the here and now and what are the resources right now and where are the investments right now. And thinking, creating an, a, a workplace for the future is thinking about what is that future state? What is the future state going to look like? Mm -hmm. So therefore, how can, you, how can you change the way you think about your current resources and how can you make investments in a manner that, that is more meaningful? So for organizations that are going back and saying, hey, these are now positions on-site, the question I'm, I, I hope they're asking themselves is, can this job really only be done if it were in, 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 in the office, right? Yeah. Because there are, I agree that there are some yeah, jobs that you can only do if you are in an office space. Yeah. And there are some that are, and not, not all jobs are like that, but there are a few. Yeah. So for those organizations that are, that are saying that the jobs have to be in the office, the real question is, is that, is that really true? Is there no other way that job can be done? And if the answer is yes, I think it's fine to state that yeah. and to state that transparently and yes. to be able to say, here is why. So when you say we want this position to be on site, to add an additional line and say to do this for what, yeah. right? Yeah. Why is the job um, on site? And, and kind of bringing clarity to that to that um, to that piece. The other thing I think you know, this is a conversation that's happening on LinkedIn, um, and I'm sure you know, hacking HR is also very involved. Is about being very clear of what is that exchange. We have a we have a job opening. Here's what the job looks like. 
here with here's how the position is going to look, whether it's on-site, remote, or has a certain amount of flexibility. And then what is the offer in return, yeah. right? What are the benefits? What are the compensation? And yeah. clearly stating that so that you're not wasting people's time. Yeah. There's just so much to do in the world and making sure that organizations are forthright in, in putting their compensation um, and bringing transparency to how they operate. Um, you know, the, the new way, the new way out is the way in. So yeah. uh, I think looking inward and making sure that we become more transparent is, is absolutely crucial. Uh, I, I love that. And in fact, you know, recently we launched uh, in our Hacking Nature Lab platform, we launched our talent marketplace, also allowing recruiters to post positions. And we made the salary uh, offered. It's a mandatory field. They have to say what they're going to pay people, you know, a range, of course. Uh, because we want to make sure that if somebody is, you know, too far off that range, they know that that position may not, that job opening may not be for them. Renuka, we are, we're getting closer to the end of our chat. And I want to ask you one last question. Maybe if there were a couple of things, given the conversation that we we're just having around culture, the expectations of the people responding to those expectations, what are maybe one or two things that you would want HR to do differently this year in order to shape a better culture that stays strong, given all that's going on, culture that responds to the new expectations from the human that are becoming, uh, that are employees, and one that also helps the business look forward and see what the challenge or future looks like and backtrack from there to build it. One or two things that you want HR to do differently. Yeah, sure. I'm going to give you three and I'll keep it short. The first one is have an accepting mindset, right? So whatever it is right now, making sure that we are not pushing back against it when employees are telling us things, when management is telling us things, when the external community, when um, candidates are telling us things, making sure that there is an accepting mindset is crucial because if you don't accept it, you won't really know, know how to move forward from there. The second one is have a general plan of action for the year, but be willing to change it depending on the intelligence you get from on the ground. So therefore, it is absolutely crucial that you keep your ears on the ground and pay attention to what every, you know, every part of the business is telling you, whether they're employees, your own colleagues within HR. Um, and along that line, having the general plan of action and, and being allowing for intelligences, make sure that the HR team is strongly knit, that there is trust and relationships between the HR team. It, you, we have to function as one team. The, the competition is external, right? It's yeah. not within, within the organization. So that's the second. And then the third one, I think all HR people, we should all learn the art of storytelling and <laughs> narratives. You know, thinking Love about, <laughs> you know, in the past, it was like this, pre-COVID, it was like this, then this happened, now this is happening, and therefore we are going to do this. That people think, human beings, we think in narratives, and therefore learning the art of storytelling and learn, and that is what is going to convince are, you know, every, every, uh, everybody we touch, um, uh, we're going to be able to convince them that we see them, we hear them, and then they we make, make sure that they feel valued. So I think those would be my three. Have an accepting mindset, have a general plan of action, but, you know, keep the years on the ground and bring the intelligence, the day-to-day -day intelligence. And then the last one is make sure that we all learn how to, how to tell stories. Absolutely. Well, Renuka, thank you so much for sharing those great insights. Um, the phone, the phone, an interesting thing about them is that they are doable with almost no money. You know, if I think about this, 
and somebody would say like, you know, how much is it going to cost? It's going to cost zero, you know, because a lot of these things you, you can do just by, you know, changing yourselves and bringing your team together and doing the right thing. So thank you so much for spending this time with me today in the podcast. Thank you so very much for the thank opportunity, you. Enrique. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.